Intenso. No band, no problem. We have Joey. Praise God, right? Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. How many of you guys made New Year's resolutions as we exit 2014? Anybody make New Year's resolutions? Nobody. There is nobody. We had more hand waving when Elena said, how many people under 12 are here? And I saw adults going. <laughs> nobody wrote res New Year's resolutions. Why did we not make any New Year's resolutions? Why? Because sometimes people, people look and go, ah, they're only going to last for a week or a couple weeks. It's interesting that you know you're more likely to keep your New Year's resolution if you write them down. You're 60% more likely to keep them if you write them down. But Matthew chapter, as we look at, as we look now in 2014 and leaving, I, I, I think about the year that we had um, in my own personal life. I, we birthed, my wife birthed a son. Um, I think about all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think about all of the things that happened. Think about your past year. And as you look, past, you look back at all the things that the Lord did and all the things that maybe he didn't do that you wanted him to do, or you look back at all of those things in your life, you, you come to a crossroads as we look forward to celebrating and bringing in this new year, 2015. Now, a lot of times, 2015, as we look towards this new year, what's so great about a new year is that the old is gone, the new has come. You know what's great about the word of God, the gospel, is that when you come to know Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Every January 1st, it feels like that. But as we look towards 2015, as we look toward all the things that maybe God has for us, there's a lot of crazy things that are happening now in this world. Lots of wars and rumors of wars. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus returned in 2015? Wouldn't that be great? There's all these things that are happening, and what's happening is a lot of people are starting to cower to all the things that are happening. All the things that are going on in this world, people, Christians especially, are starting to kind of pull back. We're not the straw man. We have more knowledge of the world. We have more study guides and Preachers that you can podcast. We have more knowledge there is in the church than ever as far as accessibility. There's commentaries online. You could type a word in and get five million verses on that one word, the. You can, you can absolutely, it, knowledge is not the problem. Heart is not the problem, especially here at Coastal. We have a feeding ministry that has just been incredible as we've been feeding people in the peninsula and families. We've been, heart is not the problem. We have, we have been going and talking to our friends and neighbors of Jesus. We have heart and compassion for them. We feel for them. We feel for each other. We feel and want to encourage and love on each other. Heart's not the problem. As we look towards 2015, I believe this is the problem. 
that we have to not be afraid. That we, as we look forward, we have to get the courage that we need. When I think about courage, I think about my favorite, favorite, favorite movie. I want to show a clip for the kids that are here today. Maybe it's your favorite movie, too. It's one of my favorite movies. Let's show it as we look towards 2015. Be ready. Go away and let us alone. Oh, scared, huh? Afraid, huh? (laughs) How long can you stay fresh in that can? (laughs) Come on, get up and fight, you shivering junkyard. Put your hands up, you lopsided bag of hay. Now, that's getting personal, Lion. Yes, get up and teach him a lesson. Well, what's wrong with you teaching him? Uh, Well, well, I hardly know him. (laughs) Well, I'll get you anyway, (laughs) Pee-wee. Shame on you. What did you do that for? I didn't buy them. No, but you tried to. It's bad enough picking on a straw man, but when you go around picking on poor little dogs... Well, you didn't have to go and hit me, did you? Is my nose bleeding? Well, of course not. My goodness, what a fuss you're making. Well, naturally, when you go around picking on things weaker than you are... Why, you're nothing but a great big coward. You're right. I am a coward. (laughs) I haven't any courage at all. I even scare myself. (laughs) Look at the cycles under my eyes. I haven't slept in weeks. (laughs) Why don't you try counting sheep? That doesn't do any good. I'm afraid of them. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. Don't you think the wizard could help him, too? I don't see why not. Why don't you come along with us? We're on our way to see the wizard now, to get him a heart. And him a brain. I'm sure he could give you some courage. Well, wouldn't you feel degraded to be seen in the company of a cowardly lion? I would. No, of course not. (laughs) Gee, that's, that's awfully nice of you. My life has been simply unbearable. Oh, well, it's all right now. The wizard will fix everything. <laughs> Don't we wish that God sometimes was like a wizard? <laughs> that he could just fix everything? Jesus comes and transforms and changes and makes all things new. We don't have to get on a road. We just have to surrender our lives to Christ and recognize that God has given us the courage that we need. If you have your Bibles, turn with me now. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, well, what happened immediately after this? What what, what happened? Jesus just fed 5,000 Men, in addition to the women and children. Then he gets his disciples in the boat and crosses the other side of the lake. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. 
But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed in the Gezeret. As we look towards 2015, I believe that we as Christians ought to exemplify this courage. Now let me define for you courage this morning. Courage is not the absence of fear as it was in the case of the cowardly lion. C.S. Lewis tells us that courage is not the absence of fear but the absence of self. It's when we get out of the way of ourselves and we surrender our lives totally and completely to Jesus Christ. It's the idea of us as Plato on the hands of God so that God could form us and fashion us in the way that he wants us to be. It's the idea of that, 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 it, that we move out of the way of our own fears and our own things that are involved in our lives and we look forward to the things that God has for us. And if you're taking notes, there's three things that I want you to see about courage that God is calling us to as we look towards 2015. The first one is this, the courage not to be afraid. You know, what's interesting is people are afraid today. They're afraid of everything. You read the news, ISIS, the next terror attack, North Korea, all of the things that are happening, people are afraid. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of man brings a snare, but those who put their trust in the Lord will be safe. You know, the Bible talks about fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. The disciples, they were out in the boat. They were struggling. They were, they were fighting. They were distracted by the wind and the waves. And all of a sudden, to make matters worse, there's a ghost. So they thought. You know, people are afraid at anything they don't understand or they don't know. What is the angelic greeting? We just, we just Luke 2. When the shepherds saw them, what is the angelic greeting? What did the angel say to them? Fear not. When Mary, when Gabriel came to visit Mary, what did the angel Gabriel say to her? Don't be afraid. Every time you see an angel or God doing something supernatural, what does the angel have to proclaim to the person? Don't be afraid, fear not. For behold, I bring you great tidings, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's the angelic greeting. Don't be afraid. Why? Because we by nature are afraid. We by nature are our own worst enemy. But Christ changes everything. 
Christ is there out on the water. So they're, they're working, they're working. Jesus is walking on the water. Take your Bibles and turn over to the Mark account of this. This is what's, I love this, Mark account. Turn in your Bibles over to Mark chapter six. Verse 47, Mark chapter six, verse 47. It says, late that night the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them. So Jesus wasn't even gonna stop. Ah, you guys are experienced fishermen. Can you just see him? He's walking on the water and there's the boat. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? As he's walking by, they were afraid. They saw a ghost. It's worse. Why did Jesus have to stop? Because they cried out in fear. They cried out in panic. Courage is not the lack of fear, but the lack of self. Here's some things that we may fear that the disciples feared here. The apostle Peter, maybe they were upset, the disciples were upset at Jesus for sending them out. Jesus forced them or urged them to get in the boat and go out. Maybe they were afraid to forgive. Maybe they wanted to bask in the glory of feeding the 5,000. I don't know. Maybe this year people hurt you and you, have, you don't want to forgive. You're afraid to forgive this year. Afraid to really see God. As we look here in the text, as we see the scripture, they saw a ghost. They didn't see the Son of God. Maybe as we look towards 2015, we're afraid to really see God and all the things that he can do. This idea of afraid to obey. Jesus told them to go to the other side. At the moment of fear, they were paralyzed. Jesus had to stop. He was going to pass them by. Now, I don't want to read into the text or anything, but maybe they were afraid to obey and they wanted to stop. They go, I guess we're just going to die. This ghost is going to get us. And to finish the task that Jesus had called them to do. Maybe in 2014, we were afraid to obey everything that God told us to do in his word. Obedience is hard. Afraid of loss. They were, they were going to lose their boat. They were going to lose their lives. The disciples were afraid. Maybe you're afraid to lose something. The boat is real comfortable. Their lives, very important to them. Afraid to love. Maybe they'd been so jaded or hurt in that moment that they were just in it for themselves and they could no longer love and see the people in the boat. It was every man for themselves. Maybe we're afraid to love because we've been hurt so deeply in 2014. has been an interesting year as some of my friends after years and years and years, a friend of mine told me, I, I'm calling it quits in my marriage. 
and they have four children. What? His wife is devastated and, and she says, I'll never love again and is becoming hard because she's so wounded. See, as we look towards 2015, we have to look to Christ, not our circumstances, not the things that are going on, not the storms, not the ghosts that we think we see. Jesus will assure us if we have the courage, he will give us what we need to be able to do that. That's the second thing. The second thing that we have to do as we look towards 2015 is we need to have the courage to act on faith. Not to, not to act on fear, but to act on faith. Fear is a powerful motivator. Let you watch the, during the political season. Don't vote for this person, he's scary. Don't vote for this person, he's really scary. You know what's more important? You know what's more powerful than fear? Love. Jesus said, the apostle Peter said, perfect love casts out all fear. The problem is we can't, we can't get out of the way. God is calling us to have courage to act on the faith that we know. What did Jesus say to Peter? Hey, yes, come. Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus said, yes, come. Do you believe God at his word? Do you believe if Jesus says, get out of the boat, that you can get out of the boat? Do you believe that if Jesus said, listen, I, want, I have something for you, and it's not going to make a lot of sense, and so I want you to do something. You know, it was interesting, about seven years ago, God told me to sell my house, leave my job, do all of these things, and go start a church into a place I didn't know anybody. That's getting out of the boat. And my wife looked at me and goes, really? You heard from God on that? Imagine women. Your husband comes home and says, leaving the job, we're moving to a place that we don't know anybody because God wants us to do something. That's what Abraham did to Sarah. That's the movement that God does in people's lives. He moves us to do something for him that sometimes he only reveals just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. We can't see the big picture yet. But we have to have the courage to get out of the boat and to act in faith. What does it mean to believe God? It means this, that when we act on faith, we won't quit until the job's done. Peter's out of the boat. He's walking on water. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. All the other 11 disciples are in the boat. He's walking on water. Peter is coming. What happens then? Peter sees the wind and the waves and the circumstances and fear gets the better of him. Did he believe God's word to get out of the boat? Yes, but did he believe God's word to follow him and see him through? That's the hardest part. No. See, it's easy for me to believe God's word and get out of the boat. That's not my part. My, I have the passion to follow Christ. It's the discipline that I lack sometimes. 
It's the every moment of every day constantly yielding myself to Christ. Constantly yielding myself to Christ to say, Christ, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, I, I, I love you as best as I know how. I can't do this on my own. You have to do it through me. Jesus, as we read the word of God every day, the word of God should discipline you and encourage you. See, Jesus will encourage us through his word. Yes, come, Peter. That's all Peter needed to get out of the boat. He's speaking today through his word. Jesus says, follow me. As we look towards 2015, are you really ready to say, Lord, whatever you have, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go? Third thing is this, the courage to believe God for the impossible. The courage to believe God for the impossible. So we had the courage to not be afraid, the courage to act on faith, and the courage finally to believe God for the impossible. See, Peter believed God to get out of the boat, but what happened? His faith waned. That's why Jesus rebuked him and said, what happened to your faith, Peter? Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Was Jesus just talking to Peter? I don't know. He didn't single Peter out. He did grab Peter, though. Maybe Jesus was not just talking to Peter. Maybe he was also talking to the other 11. Because my question is, where are the other 11? They didn't even have the faith to get out of the boat. They were still in the boat. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, began to sing, save me, Lord, he shouted. got two thoughts on this is the first one is this the other 11 their fear was greater than their God anytime our fear is greater than God then you have a little God you've put him in a box he's a pet God he's not the God of the universe you want a big God read Isaiah 40 get some perspective about who God is and who we are you want a big God? Read Isaiah 40 and understand that he knows the stars, every single star by name. Nations are a drop in the bucket. He measures the universe, all things that we can see in the sky in the span of his hand. You want some perspective? God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. The kids' song? We've got to believe God as we look to 2015 here at Coastal Community Church for the impossible. That's so difficult sometimes. They believe Jesus could do the impossible. I think the disciples believe that, that Jesus could do the impossible. They had witnessed his miracles. They had seen it. They had just fed 5,000. Peter was walking on the water. This is, Jesus can do the impossible. But I think that the issue came down to for the disciples in the boat is that he could not do the impossible for them. 
See, for me, I believe that Jesus can do the impossible. My faith, my struggle is that I don't think that Jesus can do the impossible for me. He can do it for everybody else, but he just can't do it for me. Oh, me of little faith. What's the text say? Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? When they, Jesus got into the boat, climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. Sometimes Jesus is on task to do something. Jesus was on task to do something. He was going to pass them by, but he stopped to be with Peter to get into the boat with his disciples. Why? Because I think Jesus will hold us when we believe him for the impossible. C.S. Lewis, in writing to a friend of his in a collection of letters, he said, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. As he was writing to a friend whose wife had just passed, tragically. There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Will we have the courage to grasp those things? To grasp everything that Christ has for us? Every promise that Christ has given us in his word? Will we have the courage to stand and believe God for the impossible, to act on faith, to not be afraid? See, courage is not the absence of fear, but the absence of self. When I get out of the way, God of the universe gives me the courage that I need. He's the one that empowers me to live this way. We cannot have courage. We have to get out of the way and allow Christ to live through us, to follow him out of the boat to see God, not the storm. What does the writer of Hebrews say? That we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See, I think if Peter, had Peter kept his eyes on Jesus and not the storm, the story might have been different. As we look towards 2015, listen, Paul the apostle he said, I forget those things which are behind. I press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The most powerful, powerful, powerful theological lesson from the Lion King is when the Rafiki takes the, the club and clubs Simba in the head. He says, why'd you do that? What's it matter? It's in the past. <laughs> And he goes, man, the past sure hurts. Yeah, it does. But there are far, far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of God the Father. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you're afraid to proceed, if you're afraid to take that next step of all that God has, it's my prayer this morning that you would surrender that fear to God. That you would surrender. You would surrender your selfish fear. 
the things that you've been holding on to, that you would surrender those things to Christ and you would say, Christ, I've been holding on to these things for a long time and right now I lay them before you open-handed. And I trust you. I trust you. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding anymore. In all my ways, I'm gonna acknowledge you and you will direct your paths. That's what your word says. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. It's time for us to surrender. It's time for us to not be afraid. It's time for us to let go of the past and with courage face this future. It's my prayer that December 28th 2014 would be a character-defining moment in your life to where you would no longer be gripped by fear, but you would be gripped by Christ. He loves you. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose again the third day. And moment by moment, we can't live this life at all. We have to have Christ in and through us, living through us. So this is what I want to do as we pray. For all of you that have hurt and fear and unforgiveness and things in your life from 2014, it's my prayer right now that you would release those right now. Give those to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I release those right now in the name of Jesus. I release those. I release all of those things, Lord God. I release that anger, that frustration, that bitterness, that hurt, that broken relationship. I release all of those things, all of those things that are keeping me in the boat. I release them to you, Lord. Give me the courage to get out of the boat. Give me the courage to look to you, Jesus. Give me the courage to believe you for the impossible. Give me the courage to not be afraid any longer. Give me the courage to walk in obedience. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord God, that this would be a life-changing moment for all of us. That we would let go of all of the past hurt, all of the past pain, all of the past year, Lord God, and we would look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord Jesus, give us the strength and the courage this year to see the impossible, not by our own hands, Lord God, but by you working supernaturally, Lord God, and you inviting us to be a part of that supernatural work that you're doing, Lord God, here on the peninsula, here in Virginia. We love you and thank you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. It's December 28th. We're going to take our tithes and offerings now as we give to the Lord faithfully. Freely you've received, now freely give is what the Bible tells us. We give because Jesus first gave to us. If you're visiting with us, we just ask that you would pass the plate on because we're just glad that you're here and guests with us. 
Let's uh, pray and ask the Lord to bless this offering as the ushers come. Father, thank you for today and thank you for this incredible opportunity, Lord God, to love you as we look forward to this new year. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.